don't know about you, but moving is never fun. Yay! We get to move! As a preacher's kid and now as a pastor, I have moved 12 times and lived in 10 different towns in my 36 years of living. While at UGA in Athens, I lived in three different dorms or apartments, so I counted those transitions as moves. But moving is not fun. Some of you know the joy of moving. Others of you, not so much. For some of you, you have lived in the same house most, if not all, of your life. But even if that's the case, I hope that you have been a good friend or a good family member and helped a loved one at least move once in your lifetime. But there's nothing quite like uh, packing up, the feeling of packing up all of your things and moving from one place to another. You may have experienced that, 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 that moving creates opportunity, both opportunity and stress. Creates opportunity and stress. Along with the opportunity to begin again in, in new jobs and schools and friendships comes the stress of loading up all your belongings, trying to find a new place to live, and starting over in a brand new community. While we're in the process of moving, we often discover things about ourselves that we didn't know before. Perhaps our tendency to accumulate things. <laughs> when we moved here, we thought, oh, the biggest U-Haul, that'll, that'll be fine. Nope, nope, we needed a biggest U-Haul and a couple more trucks, and eventually we got here. <laughs> Maybe we learned how much the friends we leave behind have meant to us and how we're going to react in the face of new experiences. Moving brings us new realizations about ourselves as well as, well as our new environment. Well, the season of Lent, which began last Wednesday on Ash Wednesday, brings us a chance to move inward as we move toward the cross and then Easter Sunday and the resurrection of Jesus. During Lent, we're going to move deeper into the biblical story of Jesus' journey on earth, as well as move deeper into our own lives to see things God wants to show about ourselves. What we realize about Jesus as we, as we look at his ministry is that, is that Jesus didn't stay in one place for very long. His earthly ministry was one of, of moving from one place and encounter to the next. He also moved through every part of the human experience. Encountering everything from temptation, as we read about this morning, to joy, to suffering, and even death. My hope during this season of Lent and during this series on the move is that we will reclaim the movement of Jesus' ministry from temptation to condemnation through his teaching and miracles and finally through the story of his death and resurrection. As we encounter the life and ministry of Jesus, there, it's not possible for us to stay the same. As we encounter the ministry of Jesus, we cannot possibly stay the same. So we're going to be pushed to grow and pushed to change as followers of Christ. 
the comforting truth uh, of the season of Lent is that as we delve deeper into our own self-examination, we find that we are not alone. God is still on the move in our lives, walking with us every step as we travel the road to Easter. And so as we turn our eyes to this passage in Luke 4, we realize that when God took on flesh in the person of Jesus, God moved into a whole new neighborhood and set of experiences. Today we're looking at Jesus' brand new, his first move in his ministry, his move into the desert. Now they say in the the realty world that there's three things that, that you need to sell a home. Location, location, location. It's all about location. I don't think most of us would consider the desert to be a desirable location for your first move. But here we see Jesus making his first big move into the desert, the wilderness. But after being baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan, the scripture says Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Depending on your, your translation there, the word wilderness will be wilderness or, or desert. The point is that Jesus went out to a desolate, isolated place and he fasted. He didn't eat anything for 40 days. And what we realize from this move by Jesus into some of the most physically and spiritually demanding experiences that human beings can go through is that God was not here for the tourist view of the earth. God wasn't just going to be rolling around in his tricked-out limo with his tinted windows, and every now and then he was just going to, he was going to lower the window down to say, oh, okay, all right, that, that, that seems pretty cool. No. God in Jesus came to experience everything you and I experience. He actually walked the walk through some of the toughest struggles you and I will ever face. I love what the second half of verse 2 says. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. No joke, Sherlock! After breakfast, I'm hungry! I can't imagine how I feel after not eating for 40 days. At the end of them, he was hungry. I think that's got to be the understatement of the scriptures. At the end of them, he was hungry. He was starving. And it's right here, right there, that we really do come to the realization that Jesus experienced everything we experienced and oftentimes more. Most of us in this room do not really know what being hungry feels like. I'm sure there's, there's a, some of you do, and you have a story to tell. But the majority of us here don't have a clue what it's like to be hungry. I joke that I get hungry after eating breakfast. Most of us think we know what hunger feels like, but we don't. If we look at the clock and it says noon or it says six or seven in the evening and suddenly we think we're hungry, 
and all we have to do is go to a restaurant or, or pull something out of the pantry and cook it, we don't know what hungry feels like. We just don't. For 40 days, Jesus ate nothing. Let me say that again. For four, 40 days, he ate nothing. And at the end of it, yes, he was hungry. Jesus knows what true hunger feels like, and most of us here do not. Some of us are fasting during the 40 days of Lent. You're, you're fasting from certain drinks, or you're, you're fasting a certain meal of the day, or you're fasting from all food on a particular day in the week, something of that nature. I don't think any of you are fasting from all food for all 40 days of Lent. Nobody's raising their hands. And so while denying ourselves certain drinks or certain foods or certain meals is difficult for us, the struggle that Jesus went through those 40 days of zero food does not compare. But again, we're getting a glimpse of a God who experienced what we experience and oftentimes more. But I want to I point out something new to you, at least new to me maybe, um, that jumped out. So after 40 days of no food, Jesus is hungry. And at the end of these 40 days, uh, or during these 40 days, Jesus is tempted three times by the devil. Three times the devil tempts Jesus to sin, and each time Jesus refuses to give in, and each time Jesus uses Scripture, the Old Testament Scripture, which would have been the only Scripture at the time, to resist the devil. A little sidebar, in an age in which more and more people are trying to dismiss and discount the Old Testament, we can't forget that not only did Jesus here use the Hebrew text to resist the devil's temptations, but throughout the Gospels, guess what scripture Jesus is using to teach his disciples? The Old Testament. Of course, it wouldn't have been the Old Testament to them. But the Hebrew text he uses all throughout to teach his disciples. Now, oftentimes he turns his own there on its head. But nonetheless, all of Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching and rebuking. We can't forget that. But I want you to see something in these three temptations by the devil. Jesus' 40, 40-day move into the desert mirror, mirrors the experience of God's people when the Israelites were freed from Egypt and spent 40 years in the desert. I think one of the kids tried to correct Laura and said, 40 years. And I wanted to say, yes, amen. But technically, yes, 40, Jesus was 40 days. But his 40 days mirror, mirror the Israelites' experience in the desert those 40 years. If you're familiar with the story, you know it. But Moses, he, he comes into Egypt and, and uh, the Israelites have been enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. And he leads them out of Egypt, out of slavery, to the edge of the promised land, Israel. He's not allowed to go into the promised land, but ultimately Aaron leads them into the promised land. But before they were able to get to the edge of the promised land, they spent 40 years wandering If you look back on that time in the scriptures, you see, you see something. God's people, they grumbled about bread. Oftentimes telling Moses that they would rather go back to slavery in Egypt because while they were in slavery, 
they ate. They had food. They also flirted with idolatry. Remember Aaron building the golden calf? Moses was on the mountain too long. They basically, so they wanted something to worship, so they, they made a golden calf. And they continually put God to the test, usually when they were complaining about how hungry and thirsty they were. All three temptations that Jesus faced, the Israelites faced and often failed during those 40 years. Jesus, in his 40 days in the desert, experienced all the same temptations that God's people did those 40 years in the desert. But instead of letting his appetites and desires rule him, he leaned on his Father and responded to each temptation with God's word immediately and decisively. You see, what we have here as Jesus moves out into the desert is is not only a testimony to the fact that God has experienced everything we have experienced, but that God is showing us a better way. God is showing us a better way to handle our temptations and our struggles. He's showing us the way the truth, and the life. As we move into this season of Lent, and we moved with Jesus throughout his earthly ministry, I want to remind you of this passage from Hebrews 4. For we do not have a high priest, talking about Jesus, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. What that scripture tells me is that when you've been up till 3 a.m. in the morning with a child or grandchild and you are struggling, you don't have any sleep, You've got to work all day the next day. God's with you. When you've got someone, a loved one who is struggling, God's struggling with you. When you've lost a loved one, Jesus lost a loved one. You remember Lazarus? He lost a friend. He cried just like you cry. God has experienced everything you have experienced been tempted every way you have been tempted. And so when we're struggling, when we're going through our deserts and our wilderness, as the scripture says, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You and I probably won't ever be tempted in the same exact way that Jesus was. But every single one of us moves through deserts of loneliness, emptiness, and temptation to sin. When we do, we know we can rely on Jesus to walk with us every step of the way. He's been there before, and he's conquered the most difficult experiences we can imagine. Moving is hard. Moving's hard. And our move to Easter will bring new and unique challenges. But we have a Savior 
who has promised to walk beside us every step of the way. And when we get too tired, he will pick us up and carry us. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful that Jesus was God in the flesh, that you have experienced everything we have experienced. We don't have a God who sits up on his throne high above everyone else, but you, you humbled yourself and came down. You know what it's like to live this life. So Father, when we're struggling, when we're tempted, when we're grieving, let us lean in, on to you and into you, knowing that you've been there. Let us approach your throne with confidence. And there may we find the mercy and grace to continue in our time of need. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.